You're listening to the Eat with Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Neinheis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine. And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Today, we just want to talk a little bit about what it means to have a healthy relationship with exercise. Exercise is good in so many different ways, but there's also things that we have to think about when when we work with clients and patients as far as exercise. For one thing, we want to be able to set be a role model for our patients. And we want to be able to be a role model for our students that we work with. I know, Brooke, you just got back from a really big backpacking trip. It was like kind of like an extreme event here. So tell us a little bit about your backpacking trip. Well, we don't necessarily backpack. We are day hikers, uh, but we went to Southern Montana uh, in the end of June and went hiking and uh, we did a 17 mile hike. It wasn't planned. We were planning to do maybe 12 miles, uh, but we got up there and there we got up to the one lake we were heading to. And then my, my husband's like, well, since we made it this far, why don't we go see this one? And so anyway, it ended up being 17 miles. That is incredible. That is an incredible distance. Yeah. And honestly, it's like, if someone would have told me I was going to walk 17 miles that day, I would have said, there's no way, no way I'm going to do it. But once, once we kind of got into the swing of things and yes, we stopped and took breaks and yes, it was extremely difficult. There were times I wanted to turn around, but uh, it was, it was totally worth it to get to uh, the the lake we were going to and to see everything that was up there because yeah, we, we would have missed out on that had we not pushed. Now, how much do you walk on a daily basis to kind of be able to be in that kind of shape that you could make it that far? You know, honestly, not that much. I take my dog on about a two and a half mile walk every day. Takes me about 40 minutes. Um, So that's about it. That's, you know, I, I do a lot of yard work and I do some other stuff too, but I don't do any uh, stair climbing or, you know, training, a ton of training for those walks. I think we just kind of, I don't know, push, push ourselves through it. That's neat. That's neat. Yeah. I'm a little bit on the other side. I work out to extremes. Like, okay. like I have probably worked out most every single day for decades. And um, I work out hard. Like uh, there were some triathletes that were swimming at the lake and uh, I knew one of them and, and I haven't swam for quite a while, but I went and got my swim cap and my goggles and I swam a half a mile. I about died because I hadn't swam that far for very long. But um, I also did like two other kinds of exercise that same day. So I, I love exercise. I really get into it and I have worked out all my life. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a interesting how some people have to push themselves to exercise. Other people have to say, okay, I need to do this in moderation. Right. I, and I think like with anything, even when we talk about food and extreme eating, uh, exercise is the same way. I think there are people who don't do any exercise and have this really bad taste in their mouth about exercise. And then there are other people who, yeah, are kind of obsessed with it and do it all the time. 
I think that one of the reasons people don't like exercise is because they think of it as work. And um, in our family, exercise is fun. Like if, uh, if I want to do something special on Mother's Day and my, my son, who is an adult now, reminded me of this. He said we had forced bicycle rides on Mother's Day because I get to pick the activity. I get to do anything we want. That's funny. We probably only went five miles. We didn't go very far, just riding bike. And the funny thing about it is my husband and I remember, remember the days where we had bike carts for the kids or bike sit, seats, were trailering them everywhere to get to the bike path. And then they're falling behind and we have to encourage them when we find ways to inspire them and motivate them. And it seems like just the next year, the kids are so far ahead of us. And by the time we get back to the car, they have the bikes all loaded up and they're waiting on us. Right. And so that period of time where you're trying to get your kids to enjoy the activity and the point where they're like, okay, come on, mom and dad, hurry up, you know, right. It's interesting yeah. how that happens. Yeah. And when you were saying, you know, the reasons that people might not like to exercise, I do think um, it's a lot of work, especially if you're not in shape. It is really an uncomfortable feeling to go from being completely out of shape, you know, from like an aerobic standpoint and trying to get to a place where you are in shape, like that is work and it is tough. Um, but I think another reason why people don't like exercise, I think a lot of people who have chronically dieted or struggled with weight their whole time have always associated exercise with weight loss. And if they haven't lost weight while they've exercised, or if they've done diets and they've killed themselves at the gym at 5 a.m. every morning and burned themselves out. I think that has put a bad taste into their mouth because they've always equated it with this. I need to exercise because it's going to help me lose weight. And if I don't exercise, I'm not going to, or maybe, maybe they did exercise and they didn't lose weight. And so they're like, what's the point? And so I think that that really strong tie with exercise and weight loss, I think can turn people off to it. And so it's so important to remember all of the other benefits of exercise, like, you know, improve sleep, improve mood, stronger muscles, stronger bones. Yes, body composition is one of those things. Um, decrease depression, improve blood pressure, cholesterol, like exercise has a million benefits. And really, the only downside of it is risk of injury. You know, there really aren't any negatives. And that risk of injury usually comes with excess exercise right or or exercise just of one kind and right. so that's why i always recommend to find different kinds of activities that are really fun and enjoyable that you can you can do and um you know yep, mix yep. it up um yep, yep. at at one time in my life, I would always have a stopwatch with me and I knew exactly how far I was running and how fast I was running. And then I went for a long period of time where I never kept track of any of that. And I would just go out and run for fun. Well, now they have all the, the Fitbit watches and those are really interesting because you can have competitions with other people. So I have family members clear across the country, like five states away. And uh, they'll call and say, oh, I beat you today. 
in your, your exercise. Right. And, uh, my husband, I actually don't wear a Fitbit and do not have one, but I'm always asking my husband, okay, what's your heartbeat? You know, how fast are we walking this mile, et cetera. But my um, eight-year-old grandson called last night and said, hey, I beat you today. And my husband said, no, wait a minute. I was out there walking for 45 minutes and it only gave me six minutes of credit. Right. So, you know, they're, they're a fun, fun kind of uh, connection activity and just about any movement counts. And right. I think that's a, a really good thing to think about. Like right. if you're on a regular bicycle, if you're on a mountain bike, that's just as good as if you're on an exercise bike. If right. you're on a leisurely bike ride, but you get your heart rate going up, going when you're going up a hill, you know, that's a good thing also. So there's a lot right. of different activities that you can do. Right. And I think a lot of people are maybe um, hesitant to exercise or maybe one of the biggest barriers they find is that they just don't have time, you know, because like getting all your stuff on, going to a gym, exercising for 30 to 60 minutes, coming home, like that does take a lot of time. And so, like you were saying, when any movement counts, if you can go for a 10 minute walk three times a day, if you can fit it in in your breaks at work, like that is going to be better than nothing. So um, I think anytime we can be more active and that's, some of that stuff isn't necessarily exercise. It's any movement that we do throughout the day that actually burns energy and uses energy in our body, uh, but it's not considered, you know, aerobic activity per se. Um, but like taking the, the escalator instead of an elevator, parking further away at the grocery store and things like that, all of those little movements that we do every day add up and it does improve our muscle mass and it does improve, um, I think, our health long term. And so I think sometimes people just have this, this militant view of exercise when exercise doesn't have to be that. Like you said, it can be something fun. Like I play on a, on a co-ed volleyball league every year in the winter, every Sunday night, we do that best time of my life. Volleyball is my absolute favorite thing. Like you don't even feel like you're exercising because you're doing something that you enjoy. And so, yeah, it's really important to find an activity that you love, that you look forward to, because if you view exercise as this like dreaded thing that you just don't want to do, you're not going to do it. I also think you have to get familiar with how exercise can sometimes at first have a kind of an uncomfortable feeling and, you know, kind of embrace that uncomfortableness and, and uh, kind of say, okay, I, I can live with the sweat. I can live with a little bit of soreness in my joints. You know, I, I can live with a little bit of soreness from walking half a mile if I'm just starting. So I think getting comfortable with that, you know, another thing I wanted to mention, um, my daughter was talking about this, about infants and toddlers and preschoolers who might be not getting very much exercise. And she was talking about Right now, there's a big push for younger and younger children to be getting academic education. And so these children that at two and three used to be up and running around and playing and moving around in the house are now sitting at a table mm -hmm. doing academic type of things. Mm -hmm. And so it really changes the dynamics of how 
we exercise at a really young age, what kind of exercise is encouraged. And I think it sets us up for how much exercise we do later on in life. Because think about it. If your preschooler is sitting more often, like maybe twice as much as a preschooler uh, 20 to 40 years ago, that is a huge difference. And so then we say, oh, well, then we have to have exercise for the preschoolers. Now, now all of a sudden, instead of having fun and running from one activity to another activity, you're doing exercises that the child might not find that engaging. And it's calisthenics or it's um, structured kind of things. And, and that's not any fun either. Then you think about younger children who get in a soccer team or a softball team or even on to volleyball, all of a sudden they are standing in line waiting for their turn. And you think, oh, they just had two hours of exercise. No, they had five minutes of exercise and two hours of standing. So there again, um, impromptu kinds of games sometimes are better for children, I think, than the real structured kind of athletics that uh, we might put our kids on a team. So you really have to think about the mindset and what they think of exercise. Right. I think that totally makes sense. Um, isn't there a saying like a body in motion or body in motion stays in motion or something like that, right? Like you will lose it if you don't use it uh, or other sayings like that. And I think that's something that we're seeing in our society as, as we become more digitized and more, um, you know, seeing the advancements in technology, we are becoming more sedentary as a society. We don't walk as much as we do. Like we can sit on our couch and tell our oven to turn on if we want to, or tell the TV to turn, like we don't even have to pick up a remote anymore. And so when we think about all these things, as nice as they are, they are significantly reducing the amount of steps we take every day. They're reducing the up and downs um, or the amount of times that we get up and down from something. And I think all of those things add up and become significant lifestyle changes over time. And so we're just seeing a more sedentary you know, population. And, and so what that requires is, again, being more intentional then about your movement. If it's not coming naturally, you have to be more intentional and then you have to plan it into your day and you have to do these things where probably 50 years ago, they didn't have to think about it. They didn't have access to the conveniences we did. So they rode bikes all the time to get to places or, or walked and kids were out running around and playing because they didn't have screens in front of them. And so there's all of these different things that play a role in in our activity and our lifestyle around exercise. It's, it's just really interesting to see how that all plays out over time. It is. It wasn't that long ago that we actually got in physical activity in order to be able to eat. Like, um, I would say several generations ago, people would have to go out in the garden and get the mm. produce to bring it in. Uh, generations before that might have to go hunting for their meat to get it in. So there's all this exercise involved with, with hunting and gathering and, and getting our food. Well, it it wasn't very long ago that when food was made from scratch, even that was activity. And it could be fun activity for the family to be involved in making this food. But today, we usually do not even have to expend 
hardly any activity at all in order to have food. We can be sitting in a car, uh, placing an order. We can sit in our living room on our couch and call the pizza man delivery. You know, there's all kinds of different things that have happened so that uh, we, we don't have to exercise unless we want to, we don't have to have uh, a level of fitness unless we want to. Right. There is one Bible verse in, in the Bible that talks about exercise. So I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, and it's in first Timothy uh, and I'm reading from the ESV version. It says for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Basically, that verse is saying, yes, physical training is good. Yes, exercise is good, but godliness is better. So this is where we need to make sure that we're keeping exercise in its proper place and it's not becoming too important in our life. We're not taking it to too many extremes um, because God might have uh, you know, other ways that he wants us to spend our time and not spend it all on perfecting our human body. That is a really, really good point. You know, it's really interesting when we um, we feel like that God speaks to us individually. I think that the Holy Spirit, even today, guides us and can uh, direct us. And I think of individuals who hold this model up. And and one of the people that I've always um, admired, and there's a movie and a book about him is Eric Lytle. And he was a, um, a runner back in like 1924. He um, qualified for the Olympics. And then he was devastated when he found out that his 100 meter dash um, heat would be on Sunday. And he felt that he was running for the glory of God. He felt that he was, um, this was a gift that God had given him. And when God asks, when he gives so much, he expects a lot of us. And Eric Lytle felt that he could not compete on Sunday. And there was a huge uproar about this in 1924, hardly anybody agreed with him. His coach supported him. But other than that, people were like, how could you give up your Olympic dream? You're almost guaranteed in the 100-yard dash of of winning the Olympics. This is such an amazing feat. How can you give up on that? But the interesting thing is um, that he decided instead to compete in a 400-meter race, which was held on a weekday. And um, just before he was uh, ready to to, uh, compete in this race, he was given a note by one of the people that was on his, uh, his, uh, like kind of like a physical therapy team. And in this note, the, uh, the, the masseuse who gave it to him encouraged him that those things that we do for the glory of God It says in the old book, it says, he that honors me, I will honor. So that doesn't mean that he was going to win that 400 meters. It meant that God was going to honor his decision for honoring him. And it ended up that he did win that 400 meters. And it was a total upset. He was not expected to do well at all in it. But um, he went on to do Christian missionary work in China. 
And I think the interesting part of that story is, you know, he had a greater goal than just to be in shape, to run the best he could, or even to win the Olympics. He had a greater goal than that. And that was to honor God. So I think when we talk about healthy relationships with exercise, you know, our whole goal is to honor God. Yes. And if we don't exercise at all, we're probably, we need to think about, are we honoring God? And if we exercise to extreme, we probably need to think about, am I honoring God or am I just glorifying my own self? Right. Because the Bible actually says lots of things about laziness. You know, we're not supposed to be lazy. We don't want to just lay around all day and have, um, you know, everything done for us. Like, um, I think there is some character building and virtue in, in hard work. And that includes physical work and using our body to do that. That's, that's a good way of stewarding our body well is to give it the exercise it needs because God actually designed our bodies to need exercise uh, or, you know, activity, whatever you want to call it. Uh, to function at its highest level and to um, to be as strong and healthy as it can be, and so so yeah, whatever whatever you can do to move, find find something that you enjoy, um, make your reason for doing it maybe um, higher than yourself. You know, maybe your exercise, your reason for exercising has always been based on your body and your weight or something like that. Maybe that's not enough of a motivator. Maybe that's not working for you. Maybe your motivation needs to be, I want to go on a walk every day or three days a week or whatever it is, um, because I want to take care of the body God gave me. And I want to honor him through this and make it about him and not make it about you. And maybe that will change the way that you, that you view exercise and improve your relationship with exercise and your body in that way. You know, one of the things that I like to do when I exercise, especially if it's something that takes a little bit of time and I'm doing it by myself, is to have some verse to think about and have it go through my mind. And I want to bring us back to that first Timothy 4, 8, where it says that um, physical training is good. And I think that when I train physically, that it helps me to train mentally too. And I think that that training for godliness is so much better, the Bible says, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And I truly believe that there is a connection between the two. And um, I do not believe exercise is one of the biblical disciplines. I'm not saying that. But I do think that there, there are some correlations in my own life when I when I quit doing a lot of the things that I love that involve activity. I also kind of give up on some of the things that are really important for my spiritual life too. Yeah. It's, it's those routines and those habits that we get into. And um, yeah, I used to listen to worship music all the time when I would, when I'd run on the treadmill. So I used to run, I, I ran a few half marathons. Um, but my knees don't allow that anymore. Uh, but yeah, that's what I would do to get through them as I would put worship music on. And then I could think about something else while I was running. Like it helps to take your mind off the actual activity sometimes. And to do that, I know other people who will pray while they're out walking. That's their thing is they'll go for a walk and they'll just pray for everyone that they can think about. And so what a cool way to combine 
physical movement with with your relationship with God and and improving that in that sense. I think that is such a really a good way of doing that because it's it's something that you know spirit you know a spiritual discipline or just a good prayer life or or time in the Bible or devotion time. As Christians, we should be aiming to spend some time with God on a regular basis, and so why not combine it with exercise and you know, kind of kill two birds with one stone, for lack of a better saying. Uh, but yeah, I think that's a great way to think of it. I think I think that spending time with God is one of the spiritual disciplines that is incredibly important in my walk with God. And um, one of the unsung heroes that we see today are prayer warriors. And we can be a prayer warrior during uh, times when we're exercising and, um, you know, God will bring to mind those people that, that need uplifting or encouraging or something like that. So those are all really, really good reasons to pull out the walking shoes or um, what are some other activities that uh, maybe some of your patients have found as fun. Have, have you got any great examples? I, I would say walking is probably the most common that people do, especially where I live, um, just because it's easy, it's free, it doesn't, you know, require much equipment. In, in one setting, I work with a lot of older people in my diabetes education stuff, most of it's uh, Medicare population. And uh, YouTube videos have actually become a really good thing for them. Again, because it's free and accessible, they can do it at home. Uh, based on any health ailments you have, joint problems you have, you can find seated exercise, you can find standing, there's weightlifting, there's strength training, there's stretching, there's whatever you can find. And so YouTube videos have kind of been my go-to recommendations for a lot of people who struggle with, you know, not wanting to go to the gym or not having equipment available at home. And so that's, that's been my that's been my most recent recommendations for people. That, that is a great recommendation. I really like that one. I had a patient who every time they would want to start eating when uh, they knew they really weren't hungry, but they just mm-hmm. felt like eating, they would go for a walk. Yeah. And uh, that, mm-hmm. that was really, really beneficial. Yeah. Because when you exercise, um, I mean, typically if someone's doing really hard exercise, it's going to make them hungry eventually, right? Because you're burning off all that extra energy. Um, but a simple thing like walking, uh, some things like that can actually suppress your appetite for a while. Um, if you feel like you, you have this urge to eat, but you know, you're really not hungry. So, so some of the barriers, we've talked a little bit about the barriers to healthy um, exercise, but one of the barriers is having to work really hard. If you have a a job that is stressful, either physically or mentally, sometimes it's really hard to even think about adding one more day thing to your schedule. Mm -hmm. But if you can kind of get started and change that mindset, that it will actually relieve some of that stress. Right. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think too, some people probably just need to evaluate their schedules. You know, like if you really don't have any time to get any physical movement, look at your schedule and see like, am I taking too much on? Am I saying yes to too many things? Like, is there something I need to give up in my life that's really not that beneficial so that I can add, you know, a half an hour into my day to do something like get some exercise. And so I think people need to look at their schedule too and prioritize what's important to them. 
you know, don't, don't get rid of something really, really good for, for exercise. I guess you need to pray about that and just see which, you know, how God wants to lead you in that way. But, um, but we do, we tend to overschedule ourselves to the point of exhaustion where we literally don't have the time or energy to do it. And so um, taking a look at your schedule is a good thing too. And one of the hard times to um, fit in exercise is when we have young kids, because life is so busy, but what you can do is include the kids in it. So whether you're biking with the kids, if you're rollerblading with the kids, so there's all kinds of things. Kids would be so excited to go out and play hopscotch and to do jump rope and to do all kinds of activities with you. And um, maybe you can't exactly count how many minutes you exercise, but that doesn't matter. That's not the point of of, uh, activity. It should be fun. It should be something enjoyable. It should be something that's inspirational for you. Right. Yep. I do think families should do things together and be active together. I think that is one of the best ways for both parents to role model for their kids. Um, a healthy, you know, active lifestyle and get the kids away from the screens a little bit help, you know, because like you said, when, when they're used to being outside and active, they're going to grow up with that as being normal versus the kid who sits in front of a TV or in front of a screen all day. Um, it's it's going to be a lot harder for them to develop healthy exercise habits as they get older, if they were never exposed to that at a young age. So For sure. And we're just ready. Our family, our extended family is just getting ready to go on a backpacking trip. And we have a 10 month old infant who is going to ride on her mother's back. We have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old. So I'm going to be reporting back and letting you know how this goes because uh, the six and eight-year-old will have uh, little packs on their back and they'll be taking their own snacks and, um, I just remember from when we did it with my kids when they're small, there are times where they are so tired that they can't imagine walking any further. And then they see a butterfly and they start running after it. Right. So, right. so do you know how far you're going to be going? Do you have like a route or where location? Well, we're going to be starting at uh, Tinsley Trailhead in Wyoming, and we're going to hopefully make it up to the top of Bomber Mountain. Okay. So, um, you know, the distance is probably hard to measure because it's uh, across rocks and over streams and things right. like that. But um, it's going to take several hours of hiking. And um, the second day we'll do the summit. And then the third day we'll be hiking out. So awesome. That sounds like so much fun. I think that's my favorite thing about hiking is you get to be out in nature and just like smell the fresh air and just see all these beautiful plants and and mountain formations and stuff and it just makes it makes the exercise part of it just like a side note you know like you're not thinking about that because you're just enjoying everything around you and the last time we were backpacking it was just before sunset and we looked up at the mountain ridge and there were at least a hundred elk that you could just barely see going across the horizon and that was one of the highlights of our of our trip and other times we saw a moose swimming through the water and you know it's just so much fun to share those memories with family and with friends and um so anyway all of that is exercise and it's getting the kids involved it's getting them moving and um even a 10 month old who has to ride along it's setting them up for a life of activity right 
Yep. And we know that exercise benefits our health in every single way. So we all should do it, find some way to work it in and yeah, make now, it enjoyable. Now you have a teenager who went on this uh, extreme hike with, uh, with you and your husband. Yep. Was there a time where he didn't like it or has he always enjoyed hiking with you? No. Um, I would say just this past year, it's actually become tolerable for him. Prior to that, it was literally every five minutes he wanted a break. Every five minutes he needed a snack. Every five minutes his feet hurt. So um, no, he's finally, I think kind of, I don't know if he's grown like accustomed to it and used to it. And so he's quit complaining or if it's just like a physical maturity thing where he can actually handle more now than he could before. But um, no, it's, it's going much better now than it used to. And, you know, I remember all those different stages with my kids too. Mm -hmm. It's like, just because the kids kind of complain, that doesn't mean you can't keep doing some activities and finding other activities and right. keep working them at a level that you know is appropriate for them. Yeah. And like I said, I think it's good character building to push them through some hard things sometimes, you know, he could easily give up and we could let him turn around or sit down, but you know, what's, what's, what's the life lesson in that? So anyway, for sure, for sure. But we are so glad you joined us today. We just enjoy visiting and having conversations about how to push back on the culture and how to do things just a little bit different with your life and your family. Thank you.